Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Well, there was another committee hearing yesterday. The media committee was back in session of the Doll and Shannon and more RTE revelations. Is there any brand ambassador with a car from Reynolds or whoever who is also in receipt of a car allowance from RTE? In terms of, I'm aware of one instance uh, where somebody was had a loan of a car. My understanding is that car has been returned uh, and that individual is a staff member of RTE. So there and will how be, long would the car have been on loan? Uh, I believe for a period of five years. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, so and, and that, then, was, and that you, was not approved. Would car that was on loan for five years, do you know when that was returned? Yesterday. Okay. Thanks. Right, that is Fiona Fall Clare Senator Timmy Dooley, who is a member of the Oireachtas Media Committee, and he is on the line right now, as is Limerick woman Emma O'Kelly, who's RTE's education correspondent and chair of the National Union of Journalists Dublin Broadcasting Branch. And you're both welcome. Um, well, Timmy Dooley, we heard the question being asked there. I assume you're not lending your car for five years to any constituents in Clare. <laughs> No, no, there's no one lending it to me either, unfortunately. But no, I mean, I, I look, at I, I think the difficulty we had yesterday was that we'd seen management from RTE come before us again. They gave us more answers than they had in previous days, but there's still a big gulf in terms of the kind of information that we need to make decisions about the future uh, of RTE. Everybody recognises the importance uh, of a public service broadcasting operation, the important work that it does in uh, as, as a central tenet of our democracy. Um, it's under threat and under pressure from social media companies. Um, you know, when, when, when there's competition for, 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 for listeners and, 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 and viewers. Um, and then to see it being so poorly managed. And that poor for democracy, it's bad for the Irish people and it's bad for the people who work in uh, RTE. There's such a wonderful pool of journalists Emma being, being being one of many who are currently doing a great service holding their management to account uh, for their poor performance and it's now incumbent that we get to the bottom of all the outstanding issues and more particularly uh, try to chart a way forward uh, because we do need uh, a public service broadcast. Unfortunately, Joe, I'm going to have to go because the bells in the background mean that I need to be back into the Senate, so I, I, I'll have to cut off at, at, at this if that's okay. Okay, I'm going to ask you one last question then. Do you have any concerns at all about the pressure that some of the witnesses coming before the committee are under, it appears, during questioning? I, I do, and, and I did reflect on that yesterday, and I mentioned one in particular who had admitted that she she, she felt um, badly treated by people who are misrepresenting what she says. I think it's important that people who are paid a lot of money out of taxpayers' funding uh, are held to account, but it must be done in a respectful way. Um, and I think that, by and large, is happening. Yes, for sure, there's an odd one who will seek to you know, showboat a little bit. But but by and large, the questioning has been, it's been robust, um, but it's been respectful. Um, sometimes it deviates from that and the chairperson will generally intervene. But we're all, we all have to be held accountable. Sometimes it's not easy to have to answer questions, but I think it's it's, it's part of um, 
the democratic process. All right. We'll, we'll let you go and thank you very much for uh, joining us. That is Fianna Fáil Clare, Senator Timmy Dooley. I'll take a brief break and then I will talk to Emma O'Kelly after that. Well, the staff here in the RT regional office in Limerick, which is a very important part of RT's national coverage, uh, feel just like the staff at base in Donnybrook. They're dismayed, they're angry, and we're absolutely sickened by what we've heard. Uh, I, in my job, and all my colleagues, we trade on trust, on truth and authority. I trust people will give me their trust to tell their stories and they expect that I will tell those stories with truth and authority. And I feel that all of those things that I've worked so hard for in my 36-year career in RTE has been damaged. And I don't know how we're going to get that back. Full disclosure is now being demanded by the government. Full disclosure on everything that's happened has been demanded by the staff. And I think nothing less at this stage will do both the government, the taxpayer and the staff of RTE. Well, we'd like full disclosure about what happened about the salaries that were paid um, why weren't they fully disclosed what are the full salaries um, we have said for many many years that many of the salaries uh, the high salaries in RT have always been a target politically and now that is coming home to roost and I think at this stage now uh, the government, the taxpayers and the staff in particular are looking for full disclosure stretching back not just to 2021 and 2020 but back as far as 2016 and perhaps further that's uh, the RT Midwest correspondent, Cathy Halloran, there chatting to Live 95's Nigel Dugdale. And uh, you could hear in her voice and indeed the voice of staff at uh, the Limerick HQ, uh, they uh, are not at all happy with what they have been hearing. And Emma O'Kelly is chair of the NUJ Dublin Broadcasting Branch and uh, the education correspondent with RT, and she is on the line now. And a lot of the headlines uh, have picked out vignettes like Mm -hmm. 5,000 on posh flip-flops. I would imagine and we spoke to Cathy last week and she was reflecting the anger then that this morning a lot of people in RT, their heads must be exploding with fury. Yes, Joe. I mean, it's it's we were we when we protested, and I, I, I presume that's when you spoke to Kathy. I mean, that was a week ago, and we were all just really upset and really really angry. And I don't think any of us then would have thought that a week on, we'd you know those feelings could could even be stronger. But that is what hap- has happened. I was not on campus myself yesterday, but I heard from two different colleagues uh, about people. Who were, who were crying, you know, just with tears because of what they were hearing from the committee. Um, it's very upsetting. It's extremely undermining uh, to, to, to workers in RTE who, I mean, as Cathy described, I mean, we really, we feel what we do is such a privilege when I'm, to- I'm talking now about, you know, reporters. Um, and we really value the trust that the Irish people have placed in us. Um, and um, we see that being eroded by all these revelations, and not eroded by the revelations, but eroded by the fact of what happened. And, you know, when we hear of like 5,000 euro being spent on flip-flops, I mean, our response is exactly the same as any member of the public listening to that. I mean, this is just absolutely like so out of order and so outrageous uh, to, to hear of this spending.
Now, people will remember that there was controversy when RTE at one stage closed their London office. You know, there was a lot of discussion about uh, the UK being our nearest neighbour and how important it was for the national broadcaster to have representation uh, there. And it didn't mean that there weren't still RTE reporters working there. But talk to listeners about this contrast between what's come out here membership of, let's be honest, quite an exclusive club on the commercial side in London of the business and what reporters were dealing with trying to report. Yeah, well, we did. We heard about spending on this private members club. I think it's called the Soho Club. And I heard this morning in one of the papers, it was the, the, the place, for example, where Meghan Merkel based herself when she was in London. And I think she had a first date there with Prince Harry. So that's the kind of place it is, or so we believe. Um, but, you know, at, at around that time, um, uh, we had a former London correspondent who, trying to work, trying to cover, of all things, Brexit, which was obviously a huge story. Uh, and she had no office to base herself in because RTE had closed the London office in order to save on costs. So we had this scenario of reporting on it. Such a significant story, but having to do so from cafes, from any space you could find, and even at times using the quiet you, that you might find in a cafe toilet, for example, to record a, 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 make a voice recording that would then have been used um, on radio on RTE or as a, as a voice on, on a, maybe a TV report. So, I mean, that contrast and, and similar contrasts were, were what RTE, uh, you know, workers were thinking of when they were hearing this news. They were casting their own minds back to the circumstances that they were they were enduring, you know, at the various dates and times of all this going on. Yeah, and, and you know, there's a lot of local pride. I would have um, Lorcan Murray from RTE Lyric FM on this show regularly chatting to us about various things in having Lyric based in Limerick and uh, there were a number of threats to that over the last 10 years uh, and that didn't quite materialise but it, it was in the context of RTE saying we have to cut costs. Yes, and I think there was an example as well and I'm, 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 I'm struggling to remember which one but it's one that Imelda Munster, Sinn Féin TV, raised that um, just precisely at the time when RTE was talking about closing Lyric and again that was that was because we were told we were in what was being described to us as an existential crisis but again um, at that time I think they were was it the K Club but there was whining and dining going on and big bills being run up elsewhere in the organisation at the same time that they were saying that they were going to have to close uh, Lyric in Limerick so again it, there's, it, to us it reinforces this them and us culture in RTE, um, that on the one hand you have, you know, all of us working extremely hard and trying to honour the trust that has been placed in us. Um, and on the, on the other hand, you've got at the top of RTE this, like, unbelievable spending. Um, go on. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just interested to, I mean, how concerned are you that this is going to go on now for a very long time. I mean, it feels that, you know, I, I was saying earlier on the show that there aren't many stories that absolutely dominate media coverage pretty much nonstop since they break, you know, for as long as this. But it feels as though this could go on for months and months, if not years. Well, I feel we need to find out everything. We need full disclosure. We need absolute transparency. So, unfortunately, all this does have to be gone through. But also, I would—I mean, we are looking to the future and we want change. We see this as, as, as a moment 
in RT's history and we, the staff, are hoping that something good will come out of all of this because that's the most important thing. And I heard Catherine Martin, the minister, a few days ago talking about her desire to see a better RTE. And we, we do need to hear all this to, to try to arrive at that better RTE. But I would also really urge the politicians and the minister not to shy away from the, the fundamental issue that's at the base of all this. RTE and public service broadcasting needs a sustainable funding model. The TV licence has long been completely out of date. It's not fit for purpose. It's not fit for the 21st century. And so we really need to get RTE's exchequer funding uh, in hand. And I know that's a very unpopular thing to say right now when all these revelations are coming in. But I would yeah. say to government, I mean, they can't keep on trying to get public service broadcasting well, well, on the cheap. Well, well it's interesting because I mean, we've got quite a few comments again this morning from people saying, well, we're not going to pay our TV licence fee any longer. And I did make the point, well, look, if you, if you have a television, it's the law. And um, a listener is saying, look, in relation to your remark, Joe, about not having a TV licence being against the law, it's also uh, legal and appropriate to give a full set of accurate accounts for all companies, uh, be that RTE or anyone else. So that gives a sense of some of the public reaction here. Yes, absolutely. And I can understand where people are coming from when, when they say we're not going to pay our TV licence. I don't, you know, it worries me, but but I can't really argue with them fully. Um, but I would say, again, this goes back to the, the need for prop, a proper sustainable model of funding because the TV licence is out of date. We know most of us now uh, get our news, especially young people, from our phones, for example. A lot of young people don't watch TV at all. So to, 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 to continue to harness the funding of public service broadcasting to television sets, I mean, is completely outmoded. So I would repeat, we cannot keep trying to get public service broadcasting on the cheap. We've seen, if, if there's one lesson we've learned from the past, you know, week and a half, two weeks at this stage, is that that does not work. Uh, we, we've seen that really clearly. When you drive a, a public service broadcaster into the arms of commercial interests, we've seen what happens. So we we really need the government really yeah. needs to grasp that nettle. And, and you know, I just to emphasise, I mean, people in the independent sector do not see RTE as the enemy at all. I mean, it's part of the remit, and RTE can at its best do things through the public service um, element, but more importantly, the public service funding that uh, a lot in the independent sector just can't afford to do. So there, there is a, a wider debate around that too, but then anyway, we can get into that in another day. Well, listen, thank you very much for joining us this morning. That's Emma O'Kelly, uh, who is a Limerick woman. She's the education correspondent for RT and she is the chair of the Dublin NUJ Broadcasting Branch. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash.